welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, why not check out our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Good morning, everyone. It is good to be with you today, whether you're here in the room or whether you're watching online. Hello. Hi. (laughs) So today we're starting this new sermon series based in the book of Proverbs. Now, the book of Proverbs, perhaps you're familiar with it, perhaps not. It's the first of three books in the Bible, along with Ecclesiastes and Job, which are called wisdom literature. I wonder when the last moment was when you realised you needed a little bit of wisdom. As maybe it's just me, but I seem to have plenty of them. Uh, let me just tell you about one of those just that happened recently. So a few weeks ago, I had a meeting um, at another church in Birmingham. It's a meeting that had taken about six months to arrange. It was quite important to me. Um, so I had the address of the meeting. I had the time of the meeting. And I thought... I knew where I was going. But in fact, what it turns out is that this church has two venues with, in fact, two quite similar names. I didn't realise that there were two venues. I thought there was only one venue. And I thought I'd been to it before. And I thought I knew roughly where I was going. But I also know I have a really bad sense of direction. So when I got off the train at New Street... Out came my phone, out came the map, and the address that I had in the email invitation went into my phone, and a route appeared. And I thought, yeah, yeah, that's that, but I know where I'm going. (laughs) Yeah, you know where this is going, don't you? And so off I went, going where I thought I was going, and my phone kept telling me that the estimated time of arrival was getting further and further from the point of time of the appointment that I had. And it kept telling me to go the other way. And I was like, then there was another problem because I thought I knew better than the phone. And if I just kind of held it around at another angle, then somehow what the phone was telling me and where I thought I was going and actually where my feet were going were all going to line up with each other. <sighs> Yeah, you know what, that was folly. (laughs) And eventually I had a moment where reality hit and I realised that where I was walking made absolutely no sense at all. And I needed to pay attention to the more accurate source of information and I needed to listen to what it was telling me and I needed to stop wandering off where I thought I was going, which was in fact to the wrong destination altogether, and turn around and start to follow the directions coming from my phone. And you'll be glad to know I did make it to my appointment. I was late. I was hot. I was bothered. And you know what? The journey would have been so much easier if I had not been trusting in my own faulty information And if I had not been so arrogant and thought I knew better than Google Maps, because do you know what? I didn't. (sighs) Truth is, we all need wisdom. And not just from getting to one geographical place to another, because, well, maybe you've got a good sense of direction, but I have not. The reality is, we all need wisdom for the journey that we're taking through life. So this new sermon series is a wonderful opportunity for us because right at the very start of the book of Proverbs, this is what the writer tells us. 
These are the wise sayings of Solomon, David's son, Israel's king, written down so we'll know how to live well and right, to understand what life means and where it's going. It's a manual for living, for learning what is right and just and fair. And this wisdom is for all of us. It is to teach the immature and make them wise. It is to give youth the understanding of their design and destiny. And for those who already have discernment, you will be able to acquire brilliant strategies for leadership. Now, I don't know about you, but this sounds really good to me. Who here wants to live well and right? Who wants to understand what life means and where it's going? Who wants to understand your design, your destiny? Who wants to lead with brilliant strategy? Well, me at least, so I'm going to be trying to pay attention over the next couple of months. <coughs> And it might be easy for us to then think, okay, the book of Proverbs is like some kind of self-help guide. But we shouldn't approach it like that. We can't just read these sayings and think that our life is somehow instantly going to be transformed. Because we in the Western world can get this view of wisdom as a product. But biblical wisdom, although it's written in a book, is rather different. As we start to read the book of Proverbs, the first thing we discover about wisdom is that it's not a product, but wisdom is a person. So who, who is wisdom then? Well, the first eight chapters of Proverbs are a series of speeches that are in fact written, no, not, sorry, they're not written, they're spoken by two people. One of them is a figure called Lady Wisdom. And she is described as this brilliant young teacher. She is standing out on the streets. She's at the city gates and she's calling out, offering wisdom to everyone, saying, listen to me. And I think there's an invitation for all of us in reading through Proverbs to listen to the voice of wisdom calling out of, to us. And there are other speeches in these first eight chapters of Proverbs that come from a parent to a child. Sometimes it's the father and sometimes it's the father and the mother together talking. And when we get to the New Testament, Jesus himself is described as the wisdom of God. Ultimately, wisdom personified is Jesus. He is the way to life. He is the one who shows us how to live. Dallas Willard, in his book, The Divine Conspiracy, says Jesus isn't just nice, he is brilliant. He is the smartest man who ever lived. He always has the best information on everything, and certainly on the things that matter most in life. So, as we approach these three figures, Lady Wisdom and the parents and Jesus, what they help us to see is that wisdom is an attribute of God. And in fact, that's just written all through the Bible. And incredibly, this is wisdom that God wants to share with us. In the book of James, James writes saying, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So as we read the book of Proverbs, let's first and foremost remember that wisdom is a person. 
It's not a set of slogans that we can kind of just dip in and out of, maybe stick on a mug, put on an Instagram quote if you're more into your social media. No, as we're reading the Proverbs, this is an opportunity for conversation. This is a conversation, a two-way conversation, not like me just pressing my phone and listening to something. It's actually an invitation from Jesus to engage with him, to think about what wisdom has to offer us. Now, for the writers of the Bible, let's bring this home even more. Wisdom itself was actually a relationship word. In fact, there are two words that in Hebrew both translate as our word, wisdom. But they relate to different kinds of relationship. So the first of these words actually relates to a kind of business relationship. So it's a bit like if I... So in my job, one of the things that I do is I write. So if you could imagine me going into business and wanting to make books and sell books, it might be like the business partner telling me, okay, this is the most efficient way to sell a book, to write it really well, so you're going to get a big audience and make lots of money. That's one kind of relationship. There's another kind of relationship word used for wisdom, though, and it's actually to do with the heart. It's a heart relationship. It's wisdom that comes from knowing a person really deeply. So it's a bit like, rather than me going on a course and learning how to write and make books, it's a bit like me becoming friends with an author and actually them opening up their heart to me, sharing their vision for writing, sharing their vision for my story and how it could be part of their story. Ah, oh, it's a relationship that comes from intimacy and love. And it's that second kind of knowledge, the one that comes from an intimate, loving relationship with God that's held up as our goal in the book of Proverbs. In fact, in the very first chapter, we can see that it's the starting point for biblical wisdom. In Proverbs verse one, chapter 1, verse 7, we read that we cross the threshold of true knowledge when we live in obedient devotion to God. Now, in some translations, you might be more familiar with that verse as reading something like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom or the foundation of wisdom. And that phrase, the fear of the Lord, can be hard for us in English to understand because we take the word fear and think it means, oh, that's terrifying. And actually, the reality is that the presence of God is awesome and actually fills us with this incredible reverence. So actually, when we're talking about the fear of the Lord, what it's doing is saying, oh, get an image of God that is rightly who he is. The bigness, the awesomeness, the incredible greatness of God, and then live accordingly to that. So sometimes when we worship, I might feel like I need to kneel down. Sometimes I'll even lie down because I feel like I need to just like physically put myself lower because the bigness of God is so amazing and awesome and breathtaking. And having that relationship of, oh God, you're amazing. You're so big. You're the one who decides what's right and wrong, not me. That's the beginning of wisdom. So that's our start point. And from there, we can start to ask, well, what is wisdom then? So the book of Proverbs navigates that question in line with another question, which is, what does it look like to live well in this world? And in answering that, the question that Proverbs seems, uh, the answer that Proverbs begins to unpack is that wisdom is a design 
principle. It begins with our right relationship to God, but then it flows out in how we relate to other people, how we relate to the world around us, how we use our money, how we act in the workplace, how we talk to each other, how we manage our families, how we manage our emotions. All of these very practical topics which we're going to unpack in the coming weeks. And in all of these different areas, there's this design principle that shows us how these relationships are supposed to work. So, for example, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word will stir up anger. He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they've done. Now, this sounds like a really clear roadmap, doesn't it? If you do X, Y will follow. But it's really important to understand here that these are principles, they're not promises. They're principles that begin with our relationship to God, and that is one that is characterized by love. You see, God did not make you a robot. Turn to the person next to you and see if they're a robot. Just check. Are they a robot? No, no robots in the room. <laughs> Nor is God a slot machine that we can just manipulate to get our own way. Instead, God created us with love. And that means that he gives us the freedom to choose. We can choose whether we live in line with his design principles or we can choose whether to reject them and to go, go our own way without them. And we see this contrast in the book of Proverbs between the wise person and the foolish person. So, lots of references to fools and wise people in Proverbs. Fools think that their own way is right, but the wise person listens to others. A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. So in Proverbs, being a fool doesn't mean that you're stupid. You can, in fact, be a very clever person with a lot of academic qualifications, but be a fool in thinking that your own way is right. A little bit like me deciding that I knew better than the directions coming out from my map telling me how to get to my appointment. At the heart of it, Wisdom is acknowledging that it is God who decides what is right and wrong. Not me, not my feelings, not my own imperfect and flawed way of seeing things. And Proverbs also shows us time and time again that with that freedom to choose, there is also responsibility for the choices that we make. Assault your neighbour and you will be punished. Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. Now, facing the responsibility for the choices that we make can, in fact, be very uncomfortable, but it's really necessary for our character to develop. You see, God does not want us to stay as immature children. He wants us to help us to grow up and to take responsibility for our choices. Just like a parent wants their child to be able to grow up and make good decisions based on the principles that we as parents instill in them. In their work on boundaries, the psychologists Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend write, the child who says of his sister, she made me do it, will be saying the same thing as an adult. 
The truly responsible adult realizes, I made me do it. I am responsible. So as we start to read through Proverbs and we let wisdom and we let the Holy Spirit talk with us about them, there is a very strong chance that we're going to experience moments of correction. And I want to just stop for a moment and take a moment to encourage us about how we handle correction. Because some of us might hear that word correction and it can produce all kinds of reactions in us. Some of us might go into complete denial. I don't need to be corrected. And some of us might actually become very defensive when we feel like we need to be corrected. Some of us actually might feel very, very anxious and fearful about, afraid of being corrected. And then we might become incredibly self-critical and start to go beyond, actually, what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us. So none of these reactions is actually very healthy. Instead, what Proverbs shows us is that humility or having a teachable heart is the best way to embrace correction. So Proverbs tells us that to learn the truth, you must long to be teachable, or you can despise correction or remain ignorant. Later on, Proverbs says, My child, when the Lord God speaks to you, never take his words lightly, and never be upset when he corrects you. For the Father's discipline comes only from his passionate love and pleasure for you. So it's really important that when those moments of correction come, because they will come, we need to know that God is our loving Father. He is our encourager and he wants the very best for every single one of us. You see, if I know and I trust that the person who's correcting me loves me, if I know they want the best for me, it is so much easier to listen to them and to do what they tell me. And the truth is, we're all going to need correction because we're all still on a journey of becoming wise. And we all still have blind spots. We all have areas where our perspective, our posture, our actions need to be realigned with God's best for our lives. And the thing is, we need someone else. We need God to be able to see those things and point them out to us. It's a bit like when you're swimming, you have your head in the water, right? And you cannot see what your own swimming looks like. I am a keen swimmer, and a few years ago, I took some lessons, and it was extraordinary what the coach could see that I had no idea of because I couldn't see what I was doing when I was in the water. I couldn't see, ooh, ooh, oh, I couldn't see that I could very easily knock the microphone stand over when demonstrating the front crawl, that this arm wasn't coming out as strongly and in the right position as this one. I needed the coach to be able to say, you've got to work on that left arm. Let me show you how to do it. And just recently, I discovered uh, that I actually needed glasses again for distance vision. I couldn't correct my own vision. I needed to go to the optician and for them to give me the right lenses so that I could see clearly. I think for each of us, God wants us to give us clear vision. He needs to give us his lenses of wisdom on what we're seeing both in ourselves and in other people and in the world around us. So, 
As Paul writes in the book of Hebrews, this process is actually going to be all through our lives. It's a constant process of training and discernment as God leads us into maturity. So let us not lose heart. And let's remember that when we have those moments of correction, we can come to God and we can say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We can repent and we can change the direction that we're walking in. We can embrace the grace that he gives us to stop walking in the wrong direction and let him realign us with where he wants us to be going. So how do we actually do this? Right? I've been talking about wisdom as a person. I've been talking about wisdom as a design principle. But actually, we need to get really practical about this because wisdom in Proverbs, is intensely practical. And actually, our problem is not really with understanding the Proverbs. It comes with actually applying them to our lives. So where do we start? Well, it's not rocket science, but we need to start with reading the Proverbs, ideally every day. Now, wonderfully, 31 chapters, so you can read a chapter every day of the month. Even the ones with 31 days, one chapter for a month, every day of the month. Wisdom, in fact, invites us to do this. She says, blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. A few years back, God really challenged me about how I was using my time. And I had this moment where I was thinking, you know what, if my line manager or if the mentor that I was working with at the time, both of whom I esteemed very, very greatly, if I knew they were going to give me an hour of their time first thing in the morning, I would be there. I would show up because I really wanted to learn from them. And so it is with God that he invites us to daily say, let me share wisdom with you. So as we read the Proverbs, we need then to listen to wisdom and to hear what Jesus wants to say to us through them. So I just want to unpack a little bit how Proverbs work um, to help us be able to do that listening well. So Proverbs are actually poetry. And for us as uh, Western listeners, we might go, well, how are they poetry? Because they don't rhyme. Because we're used to Western poetry that's structured by a, a rhyme scheme, when actually Hebrew poetry is structured by parallels. So when you read the sayings in Proverbs, you need to look for where the parallels are. So where are ideas being put in contrast or comparison with each other? Now, some of them are very obvious because they come in lines like this one. Integrity will lead you to success, but treachery will destroy your dreams. Others of them draw parallels between concepts. So here's a good one. Like a gold ring in a pig's snout, is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. Yeah, and we might think at first, well, that's a funny image. Maybe we're getting into the realm of biblical memes here. And in fact, look, I found you a biblical meme for exactly that proverb. But you know what? We are supposed to do more than just laugh and pass on. We're supposed to kind of look for the parallels here. So just turn to your neighbour and see if you can find something where you think there's been a contrast or comparison that's being made in that proverb. Oh, you've gone like my students, you've gone really quiet. <laughs> Maybe shout it out then. So what can you see that's like being shown as similar to each other in that proverb? 
the beautiful woman and the gold ring. So the gold ring is attractive, the beautiful woman is attractive. Okay, so, and? The pig snout and the? And no discretion. Those things are not attractive. So we have the gold ring and the beautiful woman that are attractive. Pig snout, lack of discretion, unattractive. But let's think about this for a moment more. For a Jewish audience, the pig snout would not just have been unattractive, it would have actually been unclean. By putting that gold ring, something very valuable, inside the pig's snout, it actually completely loses its value. And not only does it lose its value, are you going to touch that gold ring once it's become unclean? No, you're not. So actually, this proverb is not just a funny meme, it's carrying a warning about the greater importance of moral character, of showing discretion, that greatly outweighs the value of just thinking about external appearance and attraction alone. So we might think, oh yeah, well this is very interesting, a nice little nugget of information that Ruth has given me here. But let's remember, Proverbs is all about relationship and it's all about understanding God's design principles. So we read the proverb, we look for the parallel, but then we might ask, okay God, what does this show me about you? Well, it shows me that actually you don't judge people by their outward appearance. It shows me that you're much more interested in my character than in what I look like. It shows me that you value discretion. You value my ability to judge and perceive a situation and to use my words wisely. That's what's really important to you. And then I might ask, well, what does this show me about me? Well... (laughs) Maybe it shows me that I need to spend much less time worrying about what I look like. And actually, I need to ask the Holy Spirit to help me grow in knowing when to keep this thing open and speaking and when it needs to do this. (laughs) And actually, be quiet and listen to what somebody else has got to say. And actually, do you know what? I don't need to be the centre of the stage. I'm just chatting on and on. I can stop and let other person's opinion come to the fore. And maybe in that moment, I need to say, God, I'm sorry. And maybe it might be that I actually need to come to another person. I need to say sorry to them. In fact, I had to do that this very week. (coughs) I was out with a friend and I just got carried away in my enthusiasm and just completely cut across them. I was lacking discretion And I had to message that person and say, you know what, I realised I did this, and I'm sorry. And it was a good moment, because in that teachable moment, the Holy Spirit was encouraging me, okay, Ruth, you can still grow in this. There is more. So as we apply these principles to our lives, so we can be shaped by God's design. Oh, that's what I long for. That's what he longs for. And in that, we can begin to be shaped to share his wisdom. Because actually, the Bible describes us as God's poetry. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus saying, we have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny that he has given each of us, for we are joined with Jesus, the anointed one.
So just as in Proverbs, one concept echoes another, so our lives are supposed to echo the wisdom of God, and we're supposed to put that on display to the world around us. And that doesn't just apply to big life decisions like, where am I going to live? What job shall I take? It actually applies to the moment-by-moment choices we make. A very wise person said to me recently, the most important decision that you make is the next one. And it's in those day-to-day decisions we need to listen to wisdom and to choose wisely. So, when you're out shopping, will I buy an extra jar of coffee that I can put in the food bank, or will I not? When I'm walking down the street and I see someone who appears to be homeless and is begging, will I stop and listen to them and talk to them, maybe buy them something to eat or drink, or am I just going to be so much in a rush, I'm going to walk on and ignore them? How am I going to respond to the feedback I've been given on a piece of work or an activity or even a conversation I've had with a friend? Will I get defensive or will I ask somebody to help me work on that area so I can grow? Will I keep my mouth shut when the train is delayed or when the price of petrol has gone up? Or am I going to complain about that? Will I read my Bible and let the Holy Spirit shape me and my thinking through that? Or am I just going to scroll through my social media and let that shape how I feel about my life? It's through making these decisions with wisdom, in line with Proverbs, that will shape our character and our walk with Jesus and so shape the world around us. So, over the coming weeks, we invite you into this journey exploring wisdom in the book of Proverbs. And just to close, I want to give us some very practical steps that you can use to do this. So firstly, read some Proverbs every day. And then as you're doing that, ask God, ask the Holy Spirit to highlight a particular verse or a particular passage. And then think with the Holy Spirit about what that proverb shows you about God's wisdom, about his design for the world, And then ask him what steps you need to take in your life to grow in that area. And then may we all walk with wisdom in step with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so wisdom is for all of us. And actually, I think there is a moment of invitation right now before we get into all of the different topics that we're going to cover in in the coming weeks for us to just take a moment to respond to God and say, am I going to listen or am I not? Wisdom is calling out, calling out. Are you going to listen or are you not going to listen? I think... um, As I've been praying and preparing for um, this morning's session, I think for all of us there's an invitation and God just wants us to have an open heart to him to say, oh, I want to be more open to you. I want you to stretch my understanding of who you are, God, as the God of all wisdom. As we embrace Proverbs, what do you want to show me about yourself? I actually felt really strongly that um, this thing about correction was really important to um, maybe it's because it's just something that I have struggled with a lot over the years. But I think for all of us, if we're going to grow, we need to be able to embrace correction from the Holy Spirit. 
And so I, I want us to be able to take a, time, a few moments just to be able to say, Holy Spirit, where do you want to realign me? Where do you want to realign me? In fact, let's just do that right now. So maybe you just want to put your hands out. That's the posture that's just a good way of being open before God and just saying, okay, Lord, I come with open hands, open heart. And just say, what do you want to give me in terms of wisdom? What do you want to show me? How do you want to open my understanding of who you are? And so, Holy Spirit, I pray for every single person right here, right now. You would whisper into them. You'd start to spark their imagination, open the eyes of their heart to show them who you are. This glorious, beautiful, wise teacher. For everybody who's listening at home, I'm praying that for you, wherever you are. For those of you who are listening afterwards, I'm praying that for you, wherever you are. Come, Holy Spirit. Open our eyes, open our hearts. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. Why not come along and visit us? We gather at three services across two sites on a Sunday and meet during the week in small groups across the city. More information on both of these can be found on our website. Thanks for listening and God bless.